Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today, and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana neighbors, Tenant Country, Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this The Best of Times Radio Hour. In just a few minutes, we're going to discuss some many legal issues that seniors should consider now and about those important legal documents that one needs to have. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, March the 26th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel and 101.7 FM, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the March issue of the Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations. And also remember to pick up the April issue that's going to be available on April 1st. Thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a printed copy at one of our 270 distribution locations, remember you can always visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. In addition, you can view the 2022 edition of Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. Speaking of Silver Pages, it is still available at some of our 270 distribution locations. It was placed at those on March the 1st, and we placed over 15,000 copies. Uh, very few of the copies are remaining. Again, if you're unable to find a copy, you can always go to our website to view the 2022 edition of Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're with our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and a Bearston and Country Report, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by A Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer, and AERP Louisiana. Joining me on my show today is Mr. Kyle Moore, an elder law attorney, and Vicki Rich, who is a client care coordinator with the law firm of Weems, Shemp, Haynes, Shemwell, and more. And they're on our show today to discuss some senior issues that need to be considered now and also discuss some various legal documents that one should already have or plan to obtain as soon as possible. And I want to add one thing, and plan to update. Is that right, Kyle? Absolutely. You always need to be looking at um, your planning over the years. And just if nothing else, just to review it annually, and there may not be any need to do any changes, but definitely just just going back every year, 
around tax time. Here we are in March getting all your 1099s and all your tax ready documents ready for your CPA. It's a great time to start reviewing things and checking on beneficiary forms and just updating your list of uh, financials and assets. So this is a good time in the springtime when you're doing that to dust that estate planning off and take a look at it. I had a guest on my show, uh, Colin Vicky, many several months ago, and I, and she brought up the fact you need to have the, the the parents need to be proactive with the kids as well as the kids need to be a little bit proactive with the parents, especially if you don't if your mother or father uh, has a will, you need to you need to tell them where is it, or who is involved in it. Don't let them spend hours, days. I mean, God forbid they all, both the husband and wife die in the same accident, right? Mm-hmm. Airplane, car. And you're going to be scrambling to find it or even know who the attorney is or know if you have a will. It might could take you days, weeks, or months to find that. Isn't that true? Absolutely, Gary. And, I, and, you know, I feel like ever since we've been talking about it, you've been a great advocate for having those family discussions because they are so important is that you take all this time, you do your planning, and they don't tell the executor what that they've been asked to be put in the will. You know, they don't tell them what they expect of them and have that discussion and say, are you willing to do this for me and serve in that capacity? So absolutely. So if you're going to put these people that are important in your life, obviously if they're your children or family members or close friends that you're asking to do the job of an executor or power of attorney, have that discussion with them at least and tell them and ask them if they're, they're willing to do that. I mean, because... Sometimes you may get an answer that, oh, you know, I don't feel comfortable or I'm not sure I really want to get involved in that that family dynamic. So, yes, I mean, so that conversation is extremely important because they need to know they're on the short list. Something happens, an emergent situation, a death. Family members are scrambling if they don't have a you know clue. We get that. I've gotten that call several times, you know, just, Kyle, I, I know you work with my mom. We don't have a clue of what's going on. Can y'all help? And absolutely, you know. So we get them in there, and we're like, "She didn't tell you about this, you know. We, you know, we had instructions with her." And so, unfortunately, we still even now have to have that. And so, it's very important, very important to to have that family meeting and, and discussion. Okay, here's the question, which uh, I will tell you that I I was the executor of two of my relatives that had no kids, and so thankfully. Uh, uh, they, they. Well, I knew the story first. For one of them, said that I, I think you're too young, Gary, to be the executor, <laughs> and that she point blank told me. But then she went to another relative, and the relative said emphatically, "No, whatsoever, I'll never." So then she, she came back to me, Gary. Would you mind being? I said, "Of course I will. I can do it. I've never done it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure I will deal with your lawyer and be the executor." And, and you know, it's not a so again, it's important. If I've never, if if they had put the original person, and I was going to ask you this, what happens when the person gets the lawyer, whoever they open the will, and they said, "Here's the executor," and, and he or she says, "No way, Jose." Right. What happens then? Yeah, so it, it it happens for different reasons. Either you know, sometimes that person that you've named is themselves having medical issues or just can't serve for for health reasons or deceased or they're in fact deceased or uh, for litany of reasons but yeah so generally in my practice i always ask for a backup you know we always have a contingency plan because these documents 
may not come into effect for many, many years. And so if if we can, and you have that person in your life, we want to put those people in there first as primary. But always uh, advocate and see, is there a backup plan? Because you never know. And so if we don't have a successor executor named in the document itself, then the law provides a process where we go forth and ask and petition the court to have somebody appointed in that respect. So, And usually it's either noticed out to all the heirs, and they, they said, look, here's the initial choice, can't serve, deceased for whatever reason. And then um, here, court, here's a list of people who want to serve. And sometimes there may be multiple people who are advocating to do the job because they have a vested interest in it. Um, or and usually it's kind of by consent. So if it falls to another child or another family member, so so if the family members all are request to take care of father or grandfather, and you get five requests, I want to be the executor. What happens then? Who votes? Who makes the deciding? The judge. The judge. Yeah, that's that's ultimately we can throw that in the judge's lap and let him make a decision. So. Um, there are some, you know, there's some rules and qualifications for individuals that have to meet. But if they're all of an equal playing field, then either the judge can pick one of those individuals or he can go outside of that and then appoint a third party. So the judge does have the right to say, look, guys, I understand that y'all all want to do the job. But in this case, because of that dynamic, I'm going to appoint a lawyer, CPA, or somebody to be the executive of this state. And so the judge has that discretion to do that in certain situations when we can't have a clear front runner or somebody that's responsible. So, again, they will get a, an executor appointed one way or the other. Okay. That's important. That's important. Yeah. So why, again, let's stress to our listeners out there, why does one need to have a valid will, especially, I'm going to say in all states, but especially in the state of Louisiana? Yeah. So... The, the biggest reason is that we tell people that Louisiana law has how your assets are going to be disposed of. So why do you want to leave it up to the state of Louisiana to tell you how your assets are going to be taken care of? Put it in writing. Put it in a will because it's important to you. It's your property. It's your heirs. Just put it in writing, a very simple process that should be you know, even in the most straightforward situations where all the children belong to the same couple, um, spouse, married to 50 years, it I can tell you that you never know when you're going to pass away and what complications in people's lives and the heirs' lives so that with a valid will, we have a set of instructions that we can go to the court and follow through with. And so it does make a lot of things clearer. And the biggest issue that I run up with is people don't understand the law. They don't know how property devolves in Louisiana. And they make assumptions that, hey, why do I need a will when my spouse will inherit everything? Or, and this, which is not true in Louisiana. I said that, oh, well, everything will go to my kids. Well, that may not, you know, in certain situations with second marriages, their parent may be involved, a, a step parent may be involved. And they have certain rights to property that were joined the community. So things can be complex, which in your mind may be simple, but the law mm-hmm. looks at them a different way. So it's, it's always good to get some good advice about your particular financial situation and your family dynamic, and then you can make an educated 
uh, decision about what you want for yourself and not just leave it to chance and we figure it out once you're gone. So um, I I hear the biggest issue, again, is, is that in a lot of other states that people who aren't from Louisiana that move into Louisiana, that a lot of uh, states have where when you're married and you acquire property, real estate, uh, financial accounts, that there are ways to structure those that the spouse inherits or takes that property automatically at death, okay? There's terms as joint tenants, tenants in common. So those are common law terms that we don't use in Louisiana because we're a community property state. Um, and so your your spouse doesn't automatically inherit full ownership of those things. And so it can cause complications in certain families if you don't have a will that to head that off and make sure that you and your spouse are protected. And so just little things like that that seems in, the, in our field can be easily collect, corrected with the valid will um, is also important why you need to have that done. So here's the question, follow up question. What happens if a person has property in Louisiana and, or in, 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 in Texas or in Arkansas? Is there, hmm. the will here in Louisiana will encompass what the property in those particular other states or are they just going to assume the co-tenant or whatever you, what you just mentioned? Right. Now that, yeah, so once we have the will probated in Louisiana, we can probate that will in other states. So oh, the old okay. full faith and credit amongst the states. So if it's valid in your state, it can be valid in another state. And there's a process, what we call an ancillary probate proceeding, that we would just take the orders from our court and have them made executory in another state. So there's just another probate process, and you'd follow the probate rules of that particular state. So recently we had... Uh, some uh, had a beach house in Florida, or we had some property in uh, Gulf Shores, or we may have a camp up in Lake in Arkansas. You know, things like that occur for a lot of our residents, you know, in Louisiana. And it's very common that we will have to take that will and probate it. And then sometimes the states have a very easy process where they'll just take our judgment and have it transfer of ownership in that particular state. Or we have to actually file the will, probate it, and have it executed there in that state. So there's always a set of rules, but again, it always goes back to if you've got the valid will and it gives the executor the authority to handle those affairs, it does make things a lot easier and streamlines the process if you have that done. Okay, Kyle, at a recent health expo I held, I had this, I had this person to come up to me and said, um, I've heard your, your experts on your show, I've seen their promotions, and I've also um, heard you, Gary, talk to my group. And I said, well, I'm proud, you know, about certain things. And I said, well, I, I decided to go out and get me a will. And I said, well, congratulations, sir. I mean, I'm glad you, you, you've seen the light. Mm -hmm. I've tried to be positive there a little bit. But then, in the same breath, he said, well, I went online and spent $300 and got me a will filled out, and I have one now. Mm -hmm. And I said, really? You got an online will from Louisiana online? I thought we mentioned that on the air. They got to be very careful about that, right? That's exactly right. We call it legal zoom to legal doom is what we say. Oh, in our good industry. point. Yeah. So people are better off to stay away from these internet forms. Um, they are deceiving, and again, no knock against these finance these institutions that you know advertise these wills and online and stuff. But Louisiana again. Uh, you know, our laws are different. Our forms are very specific formalities about how wills are to be executed. And, 
just last month, Gary, I saw this widow come in, um, had a document. She was <laughs> she was just you know thought for sure she had such you know she had it done. I said, "Do you have your husband's will?" Oh yes, sir. Here it is. Pulls it out, and immediately I saw that it wasn't in proper form. I mean, it was not signed, you know, and dated on the bottom of the pages. And it, and she had taken it to a notary, printed it off the internet, had them signed, took it to a notary. They just notarized it. That, that you know, they were people think that some the notaries are blessing the legality of Good it. Good question. Yeah, they do not. They right. do. They they only attest that that they're signing in front of a document. Is that right? That's right. So most notaries, they're just saying that you are who you are, the person that signed it. And so they're just notarizing that they, they saw you sign that document, but they're not attesting to the, the validity of it. So, you know, when people do deeds or, or wills or power of attorneys, oftentimes the, the notary is not the drafter of that document. And so just by getting them to notarize it doesn't automatically make it legal as the form. You know, they're just notarizing your signature. So I've had to have some unfortunate conversations with people. And unfortunately in the will, I mean, we can't fix that. I mean, it is at that point. It's you know, once the person's passed away, we can't. We're stuck with what we have. So we either have a valid will, or we're falling under the laws of Louisiana as to the estate. So, um, luckily in this lady's situation, you know, it, it was one of those uh, rare times that you know, one child, it 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 worked out, and her son and her were in a good relationship. So we were able to get the property transferred to her, and and they worked it out amongst themselves. But just something like that could have could have caused you know having your personal home tied up into this probate proceeding where you have heirs in different states or unknown heirs so it could have been a bigger problem in it and it has in certain situations so, so stress again to our listeners you know yeah. it might it might look good it might it might seem reasonable right but but Kyle I will tell you I after this lady this gentleman it wasn't a lady this gentleman mentioned it to me but it was a gentleman yeah um, the lady's the other one I won't talk about. Um, I went I went to one of the sites, and I think it says except in Louisiana. It has like a real small that may not be valid in Louisiana. Some sites have learned to, to exempt out Louisiana, but and then sometimes they will simply say you may need to seek advice from somebody in, oh. in Louisiana. So there's some little small print disclaimers at the bottom. So again, I think you just better off staying away from those take that three hundred dollars and go buy an hour of time and talk to talk to a professional and get some good sound advice and let them walk you through your situation well that's good advice well again i think we need to mention that and emphatically say that to to our listeners out there make make want the quick fix i mean there's so many there's so much available on the internet whether it's good bad or indifferent but you got to be really this is something that can really seriously affect your heirs, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about leaving inheritance, and these are, you know, again, the most common asset is your home. I mean, you're involving your home. It could be tied up in probate. So your your bank accounts, I mean, these things that you don't want your, your surviving spouse to have to be uh, in a time of stress and death, to have to be dealing with that. I mean, it's just put some surety behind it, get some proper, edu- you know, some legal advice, and get it done correct the first time. I hate to ask one more negative thing, but again, if they if they, you go about doing this, it may cost you more money later on because all the fixes you got to do, and right. the time I mean, involved, you're kicking and, and, that can, That's and exactly all right. and all the additional 
legal documents before the courts, whatever that you're going to have to do to fix it, right? That's exactly right, Gary. I mean, if you just spend a little time and money in the front end, it's going to save you in the for the not only the stress and aggravation to your heirs, but also the time and uh, money that it's going to take to fix it. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and A. Bearston and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Miss Brenda Malara, who is the Community Outreach Specialist for AdviseWell, and she's discussing the Medicare's Senior Medicare Patrol Program. So thank you, Brenda, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you for having me, Gary. I really appreciate it. So let's let's go into the the, the suggestion and the tips uh, that Medicare beneficiaries should know in order to not be a victim of healthcare scams. Well, our number one tip always is to never ever give out your Medicare number to someone you don't know or trust. That Medicare number is very very unique to you and very confidential information regarding you know it, it holds confidential information regarding your healthcare. So that number should never be given out, especially to someone that's calling you that just is asking for it or is offering you something really, really nice in exchange for that information. I need to tell people, and I stress this, that Medicare never, ever calls you to verify or update any of your personal information. They already have what they need. So no one should be calling you to do that, to ask you for the, you know, verification. Um, in fact, Social Security never calls you, nor does the IRS. These federal agencies do not call you, ever. So if you get a call and you hear that person identify themselves as a Medicare employee or a Social Security employee, or they want to talk about your number being locked out or anything like that, hang up. It's a scam. <laughs> and I know, I know when you hear Social Security, you pay attention because the first thing you think is, oh, no. My, my, my check, my money, is it going to be deposited into my account? But remember, Social Security never calls you. So if you get that call, because I've gotten it, you know, it's a recording that says your Social Security number has been locked out or there's something wrong, you need to call us back, don't do it. And Please I'm sure, just hang up and, and sadly, don't worry about it. And sadly, some people do because they're terrified, right? They're, 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 exactly. They're and, like, and, and that's very, un, under, you know, I can understand that. But if you hear... You know, me telling you, please don't answer the, you know, that call or, or call back because it's a scam. And then you remember when they call you and, and you don't call back, I may just be helping you out, you know, and, and you won't become a victim. But again, our tip is never give out your Medicare number to anyone or don't even give it out like at a health fair or health expo. Like sometimes they'll have a raffle at a booth, but you have to fill out information on a little piece of paper. If you see anything where it says, you know, provide your Medicare number or provide your Social Security number, don't do it. Okay? Good Just good leave your point. name on there. It's, good point. Mm -hmm, don't do it. Or they'll say, would you like a free blood test or would you like a free screening for, you know, high blood pressure or something like that? 
if it's free, it's free. You should not be exchanging any type of information in exchange for that test. Because what happens is they'll say, okay, just fill out this paperwork, and they'll ask for that Medicare number. So in the end, it's not a free screening. Yes, it's free for you because you're not paying for it, but in the end, Medicare is because you just gave out your Medicare number. So don't do that. If it's free, you should not be giving out any information, maybe just your name, but that's it. Well, the so other, you have to be really, are, really are we still Are we still being, get, are people still getting calls that say, uh, ma'am or sir, I hear that you are wheelchair bound and they call and say, if, you know, we have an opportunity to give you almost a free um, wheelchair or a free scooter uh, if you give us your Medicare number and we'll just bill Medicare, you won't cost you anything. Have we had a, a lot of those lately? They, they continue. We haven't had exactly the wheelchair or scooter one. That was kind of like the fad a few years ago. But what we are hearing a lot about is like a knee brace or a neck brace. Because what they'll do is they'll call you, and sometimes they will identify you by name. So they'll say, hello, Ms. Smith, how are you feeling today? And then, you know, when they hear their name and you're asking them how they feel, they'll say, oh, I'm feeling okay, but, you know, my, my back is hurting or my elbow is hurting. Oh, well, you know, if you are on Medicare, and they'll say, yes, I am. They'll say, well, we can send you a free back brace or whatever it is that you need. And you don't. it doesn't cost you a thing because Medicare will pay for it. All I need is your Medicare number. And that's how they get you. You know, and then you give it out. They will take down that information. And then they may, they may send you a brace, but it's not the durable medical equipment that you actually need. It's just <laughs> something very, very cheap. But they will bill Medicare for that brace thousands of dollars and pocket that money. And you're not getting what you need. Because what people don't realize is that for DME, which is durable medical equipment, which are like wheelchairs, scooters, hospital beds, braces, anything like that, or even um, crutches or walkers, you need to be measured for that. Okay. You need to be measured for these kind of things. And only your health care provider, only your doctor can do that. So if you need anything, don't call the, the numbers you see on TV. Don't call the numbers you may hear on the radio where they're advertising this kind of, you know, DME, free DME. And don't give out your information to someone that may call you because only your medical provider should be prescribing this to you. Or if you think you need it, ask your doctor for it. Don't call these numbers and ask for it because you're not going to get what you need, and the scam artist is going to run, a, you know, run away with that Medicare number of yours and bill Medicare thousands and thousands of dollars, and that's how they steal from Medicare. Brenda, I have a, a question from one of my uh, listeners that wanted me to ask you, which is an interesting question. I, I didn't know how to, okay. how to give her the answer specifically. Well, she came up to me uh, actually. Right after the health fair. And she said, Mr. Okay. Kirk, i got to tell you what happened. And she said, my purse was stolen. And in my purse was my Medicare cards and my and my um, supplement cards. And now I, I, what do I do? I, well, I need to get a Medicare card. Where I go, they want me to show the Medicare card when I go to the doctor to rescan it or wherever. So I'm worried now that somebody's going to use my numbers to fraudulently bill. And, and what I told her was check check all your your, your uh, EOBs and whatever, the other acronym. Mm-hmm. Like she's, under, she's, she's, under, <laughs> she's under traditional Medicare. So 
So what, okay, so what should individuals, you know, I didn't even think about calling them. I said, we'll call the Medicare program. Maybe you'll get somebody through there to like, answer your question. First of all, how do you get a, how do you get a duplicate card? Or do you, do you, will you get a new number? Okay. So what happens when um, Medicare, when the program was developed in the 60s, Everybody's number, was, their uh, medical, the ID number was their social security number right. or their spouse's social security number with a letter behind it. So about three or four years ago, I've lost track of time, but it, it, it just right. recently Medicare did an overhaul and they, they decided to stop using social security numbers as ID numbers because not only were they seeing the Medicare issue, you know, where the numbers were getting stolen, you know, to access Medicare benefits, but also uh, personal identity theft because since they were social, they were the social security numbers, people were getting their identity stolen too. Right. So they did an overhaul and they issued every single Medicare beneficiary a new number. So now everyone should have gotten a new card if you were already on the program a few years ago. Sure. And now they, they use what they call an alphanumeric number, which is a combination of alphabet and numbers, okay, letters and numbers. So the benefit to that now is that if your card does get stolen, you can report it and they will put a stop to it and issue you a new card. Just, just like a credit card. And that's what I told her. I said, exactly. I, I think they're going to, you won't have the new number, so you're going to have to start giving it to your health care providers that you went to, and they're going to say it's already on file. You're going to have to give them their new number. So it, there is a remedy. Right. And hopefully that person. Yes, before you couldn't do that. Before you couldn't do that because it was your Social Security number. Then oh, okay. they couldn't issue you a new one. You know, so I. So now that's I, the advantage. My suggestion to you uh, and, and advise well is you need to promote that. I have a feeling a lot of that's being done, and people are mm-hmm. just um, not caring. They might have got it stolen. They might have a duplicate. They might vote the mm-hmm. number down. They don't have the real card. And sometimes, and I tell I told this lady, you're gonna have to show a card. Generally, they don't just let you give the number, right? Most of, most well, providers, well, most providers just don't let you show the number. Well, this is the thing. I always um, we. As SMP, we always advise the beneficiaries that if they're not going to the doctor, don't carry your card with you. Leave it at home. If you're on an Advantage plan, you don't even need your red, white, and blue card because you're using your Advantage plan insurance card. Okay? So if you're on traditional Medicare like this lady, all she needs is that red, white, and blue card. But if she's not going to the doctor, leave it at home. If you are going to the doctor... Take it out and take it with you that day. Some providers, once they have your information in the system and they know who you are, they won't be asking it, you know, asking for it every time. Some may, some may not. But it just will prevent, you know, that if I mean, it'll help if you, for example, your wallet or your purse gets stolen, where well, your card's not in there. Yeah, Brenda, that's my now, my new pet peeve of visiting. I've had, had doctor <laughs> visits over the past few weeks. I can't believe uh-huh. that, that they require me to show it again, scan it again. And I said, I just saw you yesterday. And, and, and I said, why exactly. again? And it might be, you know. And luckily I had yeah. it on me again. I'd expected to have it all, <laughs> all the time. And, uh, right, right. But it's getting and a little doctors, frustrating. Some providers, some providers, you know, that's, that's their thing, and that's, you know, what they ask for each time. Now, the other thing, too, is 
because these cards are paper cards. They are not plastic cards, okay? They are, because that's, that was another scam that was going around, but I'll tell you about that one in a few minutes. Since your red, white, and blue cards are paper cards, and you say, put it in your back pocket, and then you go home and you wash your clothes and you forgot that it was there, and it gets washed <laughs> and now it's no good anymore. Well, before you had to call 1-800-MEDICARE to ask for a new card. But now you can download a card and print it at home. So, but you need to be part of the mymedicare.gov. Uh, you need to open a, an account on their website, which is it has a lot of advantages to it too. Because not only it's kind of like you know if you have an online bank account um, that you you know go on and, and check your your statements on, that's kind of like how it works. You go into your a Medicare account online. You can see, you know, your your summary notices. You can see what you know what Medicare has been billing on your behalf. You can download your card and and print it out. So there's a lot of advantages to do you know to having that. I highly I highly open. recommend that I do that, and it's 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 remarkable. It's very yeah. very good very good and safe. And that's where again, as Brenda mentioned, everybody, you, you can you can also quickly uh, download a card for your a card use. and print it yes right. and the, and another tip make sure that it ends in dot gov which is the government you know um <laughs> it stands for government right. don't go to a dot com you know dot com or don't do a, be careful if it says dot org or dot net like net because those aren't the official websites for for medicare the .gov is the extension that you have to look for at the end when you you know when you put the domain in in the search engine, so that you're sure that you're going to a government agency website. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. Okay. But now, work more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abers Sending Country Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and a Sunday Country Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Mr. Kyle Moore and Ms. Vicki Retch, and we're talking about senior issues and the legal documents. But now we're going to talk about some available federal benefit care benefits. Right, Vicki? Right. Um, it's one of the government's best-kept secrets. Um, a veteran or his widow can obtain a benefit called VA Aid and Attendance Pension if they are in need of assistance to stay in their home or move to assisted living or into a nursing home. Um, the veteran must have served at least 90 consecutive days, one of them being during active war time um, at these VA established times of war. Um, he did not need, or he or she did not need to have a war-related injury. This is a benefit that's based on just their service alone. Um, they also need to have had an honorable discharge um, or a medical discharge from the service. Um, at the point where they need some assistance to stay at home to help um, take care of things like bathing, dressing, medication management, mobility or toileting and hygiene, then they can talk to their doctor about getting a letter uh, to state that they need that help so that if, if they do have some extra expenses, 
to take care of their caregiving at home or assisted living or nursing home, they can access this benefit. Um, a lot of people don't realize that a widow of a vet veteran can, can also access these benefits. A widow can access up to $1,318 a month wow. to help pay, pay for a sitter at home That's or her amazing. assisted living. Or a married veteran could access up to 2431 a month. So it's a lot of money that can help people age in place and stay and be in a safer environment um, before they would need to actually move to full-blown nursing home care. Cor correctly, it's available in assisted living facilities, right? Right. It's, it's just a benefit that they can access whether they're at home paying someone to take care of them or if they move into an assisted living facility, and that facility is helping them with those activities of daily living. So, Vicki, you and the firm does help these individuals go through the process because I do know it, it takes a lot of processing dealing with the, the Veterans Administration, correct? Right. It's a lot of paperwork, and um, we actually, you know, ask them to bring in their DD-214 or their separation papers if it was before the Korean War, um, and that way we can look at it and determine if they meet the criteria as far as that active wartime. And then from there, there's a lot of paperwork, but we help them, you know, go through that and actually, you know, see if they are within the resource limits. Um, there's a three-year look back as far as as any transfers of assets that have occurred, and then um, like the the current asset limit is one hundred thirty eight thousand four hundred eighty nine dollars. So whether you're single or married, that's the asset limit. But they also look at you know monthly income and is that being disposed of by you know paying for caregivers or assisted living, or you know if a person's not accessing and paying for any kind of medical care, they're not going to qualify for the aid and attendance part of it. Um, so um, we have to look at a lot of different factors just to determine if they are eligible, but we can help them with that. But definitely, I, I, I feel that there's a lot of it's been underutilized in the area for many, many years. I still think Vicki's been un still underutilized in our neck of the woods here. Don't you feel? Oh, it sure is. Yeah. And, and what we like to do is when someone comes in to discuss long-term care planning, um, whether they're looking at nursing home in the future or assisted living, you know, we want to know, do you have long-term care insurance? If you don't, how do you expect to pay for nursing home care in the future? Because it's quite expensive, about $6,000 a month. And even if you're at home, it can cost a couple thousand dollars a month to hire sitters, or 24-hour care might cost up to, you know, eight to $10,000. So these particular benefits can really help a person age in place and be in a safe environment. Um, and then their family can feel a lot better <laughs> that they're home with someone caregiving. And, and the Veterans Administration has this particular allotment of, of funding for the given states. And again, I, I, when I was seeing some reports several years ago, Louisiana was barely touching some of its assets that it, it was instilled by the Veterans Administration for potential in our in our given state. It That's was amazing. Right. Yeah. It was amazing how less it was less utilized than it is in other states as well. Right. And then there's also the Louisiana Veterans Home over on Arthur T. Parkway. You know, great, a great facility. A great facility. So a veteran or his spouse or widow can go to that facility. So what can we also tell our listeners about the pre-planning pre -planning for life care situations? What else do you want to... Well, we want to um, reiterate that a person needs to be organized. Um, it's very helpful, like Kyle said, to have that estate planning notebook, to have all your beneficiaries listed out, but also to put a contact card in your wallet, in your purse, in your glove box that says, my power of attorney, if emergency call, you know, Vicki Reck is my power of attorney, or Kyle Moore, or my sister, or whoever. 
But if you're out cold in a car wreck, they need to know who to call. And if your phone doesn't unlock easily, they need a card in your wallet or something. It really, you know, uh, helps a lot. Also, if you don't have any children of your own and you've selected a power of attorney, you need to have a way to contact them. So if you have a church member that you're close to or a pastor, let them know because sometimes the hospital will be calling them to find out you know, who's in charge of this individual. How can we help them? Yeah, that's sad when people are, are alone. They have no other person to handle them. You've got to have that something. Something. You have to let them know who they are, what they are, right? Right, right. And if you don't have family members, you can pay people to, to help with this. I mean, you pay your CTA to do your taxes. You can pay caregivers to come in your home, but also help pay someone to organize things and help take care of your affairs. And, Vicki, some of these individuals might not might have some people. They may be living in Nova Scotia or Chicago or New York, and they're not in Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. when they're needed immediately. So mm-hmm. it's going to take a while for them to contact them, et cetera. So somebody locally has to be that that little advocate, you might say, as well. Exactly. And also, um, another thing to be organized about is your list of passwords for your accounts <laughs> for yes. any of your, you know, Facebook, email, all that jazz. I mean, you don't want people just checking on your stuff, but, um, you know, down the line after you pass away, it's really important. You know, if they have to access a 1099 online, they can do it. You know, so <laughs> just put that with your important documents, not well, in your wallet. And, you know, that's that's the problem. There's so much now electronically stored. If you don't find an access, it could take a lot of time and effort to get to enter those particular secure secure sites as well. So, again, thank you both for coming on the show. We could have probably spent two more hours about this topic. I'm sorry we, we emphasize legal wills, but I'm just telling you, I still think it's that particular topic, Kyle, and you know, it's not being done as much in the area. I, I, I feel for these people that tell me that, oh, they're just going to let their kids divide amongst them after they die. They care. And a lot of them tell me, I hate to say this word, they care less. And it's so sad. You care less about the estate you built up and don't want to give it, you know, most all of it to the family members or whoever. You want it to just get administratively splurged you might say <laughs> that's our right. government exactly. federal or state or whatever yeah that, that, that's so sad again thank you for joining us today again their phone number is 222-2100 318-222-2100 their website is weems-law.com weems-law.com I didn't write that down on my notes here again thank you for joining us today appreciate your ed- educational efforts on our show today for all our many thousand listeners, both in Louisiana and also in the Arklatex. Please join us next Saturday for another show that could benefit you or your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Time Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.